Time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernerberry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This podcast is once again brought to you by Ernerberry's Reporter Magazine, which is out now. The latest issue is packed with great stories, including a food trend forecast for 2021, a look at how restaurants have introduced new design concepts as a result of the pandemic, the scoop on Maui's new Captain Omega line, and much, much more. You can read a digital copy of the magazine by visiting ernerberry.com slash reporter. Thanks, Lauren. Today, we're primarily going to be talking about NOAA's latest COVID-19 report. The government agency published a new analysis on Friday that provides insights into the pandemic's early economic impact. Some of the information in the report isn't that shocking, like, for instance, NOAA reports that the U.S. fishing and seafood sector experienced broad declines in 2020 as results of the COVID-19 public health crisis. That's crazy. I would never, never would have thought that. (laughs) Uh, There's still some pretty interesting figures. For example, NOAA's analysis says that 2020 actually started off pretty strong with a 3% increase in commercial fish landings, um, their revenue in January and February. And then COVID hit the fan in March and it was all downhill from there. (laughs) So analysts say that revenues decline each month from a 19% decrease in March to a 45% decrease by July. Yikes. Yeah. And that translates to a 29% decrease across those seven months as compared to five-year averages and adjusted for inflation. So NOAA released snapshots by region. Alaska snapshot reviews January 2020 through August and shows that total landings over this time period are 15% below 2019 levels, which is a reduction of 695 million pounds from 4.74 billion pounds to 4.03 billion pounds. And it's mainly attributed to a 71% and 45% decline in harvest volume from herring and salmon respectively as well as an 18% decline for halibut, 16% decline for Pacific cod at sea, and 13% decline for Pacific cod shoreside. And these numbers are all compared to 2019 levels. Looking at landings revenue in Alaska during this time, no reports that it's estimated to be at 30% below 2019 levels, so a decline of 436 million from 1.48 billion to 1.04 billion. And basically this decrease was because of the combination of lower volumes and lower prices across many species, the largest being a 67% decline in the harvest value for herring and a 61% reduction in salmon. Uh, Halibut also saw a 37% reduction and shoreside Pacific cod saw a 30% reduction. Moving on to the West Coast snapshot, which analyzed data from March 2020 through July 2020, NOAA's analysts say that, broadly speaking, West Coast fishermen were initially affected by the cessation of exports caused by the closure of Asian seafood markets beginning in January 2020. And those losses were compounded by the sharp decrease in demand for seafood, both domestically and globally, as stay-at-home restrictions began to get put in place and indoor dining closed. You know, this is all like really starting to hit me that we're getting 
on like it didn't dawn on me until now that we're going on a year of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to really assess the potential effects of the pandemic on the West coast fisheries, NOAA's analysts calculated the five-year median of landings for each species group to provide a baseline comparison to 2020. And based on their findings year to date, total West Coast shoreside commercial ex-vessel revenue was 9% lower than the baseline period. And from the March to July 2020 uh, timeframe, the total ex-vessel revenue was 31% lower than the five-year baseline period. Now, NOAA reports that in California, the fisheries that contribute most to year-to-date ex-vessel revenue were crab, market squid, and salmon. Total ex-vessel revenue was 2% lower than the baseline period for year-to-date and 16% lower from March through July. The Oregon fisheries that contributed most to year-to-date ex-vessel revenue were crab, shrimp, and shoreside Pacific whiting. Here, the total ex-vessel revenue was actually 2% higher than the baseline period, but 21% lower than March through July. And as for Washington, the fisheries that contributed most to year-to-date ex-vessel revenue were crab and shrimp. Total ex-vessel revenue in Washington state was 24% lower than the baseline period and 40% lower from March through July. Heading to the Northeast, NOAA's snapshot analyzed data from January 2020 to June 2020, and NOAA's analysts found that the majority of the cumulative reduction in 2020 revenues actually occurred in April and May. So $79 million loss was associated with reduced revenue from American Lobster, um, approximately $21 million there, and sea scallops, approximately $58 million. Now, that reduction in sea scallop revenue is said to be at least partly due to a 17% reduction in the scallop quota from 2019 levels, and that took effect at the start of the scallop fishing year on April 1st, 2020. So moving over to the southeast, NOAA's snapshot analyzed data from January 2020 through June, and NOAA's analysts found that landings revenue was down 23% for the first six months of 2020 relative to the same time period in 2019. Landings revenue declined 11% in January and February relative to 2019, then dropped sharply in March through May. April experienced the largest monthly decline at 48%. So this was just a very brief rundown. So if you want to check out the reports, just visit the NOAA Fisheries website. Now on to some of the other top stories from the week. Chicken of the Sea International, the company that acted as the whistleblower in the canned tuna price-fixing scandal involving the top tuna canners in the United States, announced that they reached a settlement with the final group of plaintiffs involved in the litigation. Chicken of the Sea explained that the litigation involved over 30 complaints alleging anti-competitive activity in the U.S. tuna market, Thai Union, the parent company of Tri-Union Seafoods, operating as Chicken of the Sea International, announced that all three of the plaintiff groups involved in the class action litigation brought against the company reached a settlement. Each settlement now requires court approval to put the suit behind them. In other Thai Union news, the Thai Union ingredient subsidiary has launched a new product, Unique Bone Bone Powder, which is produced by converting tuna bone into a fine off-white powder that has a neutral taste and smell. For those of you who don't know, and I had no idea before any of this, tuna bone is actually a good alternative source of calcium. So just think, Lauren, you can take this tuna bone powder, mix it with some water, and use it as milk in your cereal for the kids and stuff. Oh, that, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I can, I don't think that's really how you use it. <laughs> Not all familiar with the product though. Um, but seriously, this, this unique bone, bone powder can be used in food, capsules, and tablets, and it can be used even as an, an additive for pet food and pet nutrition. So altogether, it's actually a pretty cool way to reduce waste, which is actually something that the CEO of Tiny Union teased back in 2018 when the company announced the launch of their tuna oil refinery in Germany. 
Thai Union CEO said at the time that the tuna oil refinery was just the beginning of Thai Union's sustainable innovation journey, and that the company was focusing on utilizing all the nutritional benefits of tuna to create highly sustainable and innovative products to meet uh, to benefit human health and nutrition. That's awesome. I wonder uh, if we'll see that across a couple different species. Oh yeah, that'd be cool to, cool to keep an eye on. Yeah, so in other news, pre-cooked seafood products will now be eligible to include in the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farmers to Families Food Box Program. The announcement was made while confirming the continuation of the program and the fifth round of food purchases. The program has distributed over 3.3 billion meals to families across the nation, and now a fifth round of purchasing will include an additional $1.5 billion worth of food for nationwide distribution. The funding was part of the COVID-19 relief package that was passed on December 21st, 2020. And according to the USDA, solicitation will be issued to over 240 organizations that have previously received basic ordering agreements. Contract awards are expected to be made by January 19th with deliveries beginning shortly after and continuing through the end of April. The USDA will also be making an amendment to the basic ordering agreements to, quote, clarify the amount of acceptable processed meat products to include seafood products and to clarify certain labeling requirements, unquote. Under this agreement, pre-cooked seafood products are now eligible to be included in the food box and, quote, can be aggregated with pre-cooked meat, which would be beef, pork, chicken, and turkey products, and egg or egg products to meet the existing material description weight. And finally, Maruha Nichiro announced that they are acquiring Vietnam-based Saigon food. Saigon food was established in 2003 and has been producing frozen foods that can be easily prepared. They're also one of the leading brands of porridge and hot pot sets in Vietnam, and also branch out to start selling baby food. So in 2017, Saigon food began doing business with Maruha Nichiro as a consignment manufacturer of processed marine products for the Japanese market. And now Maruha Nichiro has decided to acquire Saigon Food in order to secure a new marine product processing base and to acquire a platform for the development, manufacturing, and sales of processed foods. Very cool. So that about does it for us. And once again, this podcast was brought to you by Ernaberry's Reporter Magazine. Check out a free digital copy by visiting ernaberry.com slash reporter. Thanks for listening. See you back here next week. Bye-bye. 